0: Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I'm your host Danny, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Amy Wilson. Amy is an online coach and nutritionist who actually used to compete in bodybuilding herself as well. Um, so Amy for those who don't know how and when did you initially get into the industry both personally and professionally?
1: So personally, I kind of, I got into competing pretty early on in like my fitness career. Um, so I sort of joined a gym. and within, I think, 18 months, actually decided to do my first bodybuilding competition. So it's like a very local um, competition, local town. You know, like your friend's like, oh, you should do it. You should compete. So got into it through that. Um, and then professionally, actually got into sort of fitness industry much later. So probably about four or five years after my first bodybuilding competition um I was previously a teacher so I used to teach primary and things happened in my life where I kind of just sort of reassessed and decided it maybe wasn't a career that was something I was really passionate about Um, and decided that then to go into kind of like fitness and started coaching from there.
0: Nice what federation was it that you started competing with for the listeners who don't know and what other federations have you
1: competed with? So my first show, I don't even know if it was like part of a real federation. Um, My first proper federation show was NABBA and then went into, so then I did NPA and then PCA as well. And then later on went into the NPC.
0: Nice. And from a coaching perspective, did you start on the gym floor or did
1: you go online straight away? So I actually kind of went, so I went online initially, and I was very much sort of coaching um, competitors, people who wanted to sort of do photo shoots, get into a prep. And then from that, I actually took a step back and I decided that I really wanted to kind of nail the basics, got a real interest in like anatomy. Um, So I actually took a step back and went back onto the gym floor. So I then worked on the gym floor solely for probably three or four years before then going back onto online. Um, I think I just kind of, I was online coaching, but I kind of felt like I maybe didn't have the experience but a lot of coaches gain from gym floor.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and just kind of thought that actually taking a step back, removing myself from online and really getting a really good idea of training and how to help people one-to-one before going back online.
0: Yeah, I hear you want that. Did you enjoy your time on the gym floor? And do you feel like it served you well from a coaching perspective?
1: Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely love one-to-one gym floor work. Um, have you? Did you work gym floor previously?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah.
1: I loved it I just felt it was almost it's, it's very exhausting my body I actually started to pick up like injuries like I hurt my neck I hurt my back and it got to the point where I was like god I can't go to work because I've got these injuries um but yeah and obviously you're moving heavy weights all day very exhausting my body and then you're kind of limited as well to the amount of people that you can work with yeah. because obviously there's only so many hours a day everybody wants the the pre-work and the after-work slots and it very much kind of limited the amount of people that I was able to sort of access and help. So that was part of my transition to online as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I personally started on the gym floor with Pure Gym in 2018. um, And I worked there for a few years, then worked at UltraFlex, well, when it was Iron Athlete. um, Yeah. Moved online at the end of 2018. So I I definitely Mm. feel as though my time on the gym floor served me really well when it came to yeah. online coaching and I'm really glad that I started that
1: way. Yeah definitely I think until you kind of I think for me because I work with a lot of people who are relatively new to training so I think trying to help those people just as an online coach if I didn't have that gym floor experience is always quite difficult.
0: Yeah I, I hear that and so yeah. when you First started training personally, what was your initial goal, and what was your reason to start training
1: um well i actually so I was always into fitness as a child, kind of was on every sports team, went to university, took <laughs> four years away from any kind of training um finished university and gained obviously a bit of weight from that so i um did i don't know if you've heard of it like the five two fast diet yeah, so I did that. Um, lost a lot of weight but I remember just looking in the mirror and I'd always had like quite a lot of muscle to my physique I'd always had quite a lot of shape and I was just like god I just look really skinny Um, I just felt for the first time in my life I was like I'm just very straight up and down I'm very skinny and um, so I decided to join a gym so from there, I kind of got into the weight training and I think for me if I if I'm quite good at something then I enjoy it <laughs> and I, I kind of went oh okay like I'm actually quite strong I build muscle quite easily Um, And then for me, kind of that's what everything kind of picks up from. Yeah. And that's how I kind of got into bodybuilding and like the muscle building side of things.
0: Did you start with a coach pretty much straight away or did you just sort of like do your own thing for a while?
1: No. So I actually actually prepped myself for my first two shows. Um, which to be honest was probably the best thing you could, uh, best and worst thing I could have done. Yeah. Um, cause you kind of learn, I learned a lot of things not to do. Um, but for me, like I learned just so much through doing that. And it was only actually, so on my second show, I didn't place. And I remember like all the girls you had placed, they all had the same coach, which was Dan Wellburn. Um, and I was like right, okay I know what I need now like that's obviously the key to doing well in competing so that's yeah it was after that point when I actually had my first coach before that I'd always just kind of gone into the gym and figured things out and trained with friends and yeah gone from there
0: that's cool and so like when you started competing did you have sort of was that your own decision where did the incentive to get into bodybuilding come from
1: I think for me, it was kind of, it was almost a little bit of peer pressure. Like everyone was like, oh, you should do it. It'll be, it'll be good. Like it'd be an experience. Um, so I think from that, it was kind of other people's expectation of me. And then for me, I'm just very competitive with myself. So I think once I did one show, I think I placed second. I was like, oh my God, it's like, I'm obviously quite good at this. I wonder if I can do another one and come first and then didn't place. And I was like, All "Right, okay. Like I know I can do better than that. So I think for me, it was almost, It wasn't I particularly wanted to do bodybuilding, it was that I wanted to kind of do better and improve and just sort of learn more about how my body responded as well.
0: Yeah. I think bodybuilding attracts a lot of people like yourself who are quite competitive in nature. And that's definitely why I got into the industry as well. Like similar to you, I was always into sport from like quite a young age. And I think when you have that mindset it's definitely attractive to get into something like bodybuilding because it's, like, the next thing to channel that
1: competitive sort of element of your personality, so to speak. I don't know if you found it as well, but I also found you kind of... So I didn't start competing until I was about 23, 24. But I think when you kind of hit that age as well, like, your access to team sports, your access to everything else like that is very limited. Yeah. So there's kind of not as many other things that you can do to kind of have that competitive output as well
0: yeah definitely or it's like it it's almost seems like it's more limited but really you just have to be more intentional yeah yeah
1: oh yeah yeah like I play netball now but I had to go actively seek that out whereas before just wasn't something I'd really
0: yeah think about and bodybuilding you can kind of just do in your own little world without actually going to a specific like facility or anything like that
1: yeah it's easy to, to seek it out online learn everything you need to and so, I think as well that like the online bodybuilding community is then something yeah. that you get involved with
0: exactly and it's only growing like it's only get big, getting bigger and bigger so I think that's definitely sort of an element of why a lot of people are attracted to it because they feel like they're part of something definitely um, so, for the listeners who don't know, you off, you mentioned that you started competing with NABBA. Well, that was the first sort of like well-known federation. That yeah. You competed with. Yeah. What did the rest of your competitive career look like, and sort of what were your achievements within bodybuilding? Um,
1: so, I competed with NABBA and PCA. So, I was initially competed at tone figure, and I did the NPA as well um so I came god what did I do <laughs> um I got the PCA Britain I got the um NBA I came second in the British for that and then I went on to win the NAB universe as well in Figure um so I did a lot of shows <laughs> I think I did nine shows within 18 months um yeah I just kind of went full full pelt with it um and after that I actually took a break from competing for a few years and then I decided I wanted to move into the figure category so I did yeah. like the NPC, the IFBB qualifiers and I came twice, came second twice, um, just missing out on my pro card. But it was that point then I decided that I kind of acknowledged that I was maybe chasing something that for me, I was like, my goal was always, I want to win the universe. And then I won the universe. Then I was like, right, I want a pro card. But then I think when I got so close to getting my pro card, I was like, well, I'm not, now I'm going to be like, well, I want to come to, I was never going to be satisfied. I think I kind of acknowledged that so just kind of got to the point where I went right okay what like what am I chasing here
0: yeah it's so good that you came to that realization though because it's so easy to get carried away with like just setting the next goal and then the next goal and then being in this endless process
1: and then before you know it you've almost sort of lost yourself a little bit in it 100% 100% I remember it was actually when I stopped competing and somebody I know who's a coach he was like you don't have to be like Amy for bodybuilder He was like just because that's what people think you are like you can be Amy who does other things as well like but I think sometimes it's so easy to get that like perception of yourself and that's what people expect me to do and everyone's messaging on Instagram being like oh when are you competing again um it's a weird it's a weird cycle in that sense I think for sure
0: yeah a hundred percent and so when was the last time you actually stepped on stage
1: it was I think it was November 2018 so I've been a long time retired now
0: yeah when was your last one it was it was 2020 so I took the yeah. year off before that and then yeah my last season was 2020 mm. but it feels like I just... I'm away now <laughs> How did you find stopping competing? Um, I, so I knew that it was something that I had to do. I sort of, yeah. obviously it was difficult to step back from that because it was a huge part of my identity. But I just got to the point where... I felt like I'd given absolutely everything to the sport and I was like actually like what am I doing this for and I just had this realization of the fact that it was taking a lot more from me than what it was offering me and it Mm -hmm. wasn't really in line with my values and like the way I wanted my life to look anymore so that was when I was like right yeah I need to take a step back from it and initially I just did it sort of without announcing it without telling many people about it other than like my really close friends and my coach um and then sort of like let it live for a few months and was like yeah it's definitely the right decision for me to move away from it so then that's when I started like telling people
1: yeah and how did people respond to that did you get a lot of like oh
0: some people were like I even had some other coaches messaging me like you you were you know why are you stopping like you could have easily got your pro card and I was like yeah but what for like (laughs) do you know what I mean like what what is that really gonna offer me it's just gonna be then the next goal and then the next goal and like yeah I just knew that it wasn't the right decision for me to continue so Mm. I stuck with with my gut but a lot of people were extremely supportive um there was just obviously like like you were saying the bodybuilding community it is quite like intense and you will get like I still for a long time after I took a step back from competing I still got people saying so like when are you next gonna compete are you ever gonna return to the stage and I was like no 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 like it's actually a final decision
1: and everyone's like yeah but maybe in a few years (laughs) yeah and I was like (laughs) yeah but no (laughs) yeah but in a few years you might change your mind and you're like no no I don't think I will yeah
0: but yeah, it's a funny one. And so, why was it that you actually decided to stop competing? Was it just that realization of the fact you were chasing something, and that that was going to be a never-ending pursuit, or was there more to
1: it? So that was definitely a factor for me. Um, and then also, so I have had like quite. a... I had a period of illness between competing. So actually, between doing the nine shows in sort of 2015 to 2016. And then competing again in 2018. Um, I actually got like an autoimmune disease. So I was quite unwell. Um, I went traveling to Australia and I actually developed like autoimmune encephalitis, which is basically it's an autoimmune disease where I got sick, something had passed into my blood, my blood-brain barrier, and my body actually starts to attack my own brain um, because it was trying to fight the infection which had got into my brain. So yeah, I was really unwell. Um, yeah I was in Australia in hospital for a month and um, was in an induced coma for 10 days wasn't able to eat wasn't able to talk wasn't able to walk um, and I think for me the reason why I actually went back into competing after that was kind of because I felt really lost like I was traveling I had to come home I wasn't allowed to work um, I wasn't allowed to drive I kind of felt like I needed something and for me like the gym had always been that thing that had given me purpose but I think then, actually, when I had competed in my prep again, I had competed again, I kind of went, you know what, like, <laughs> enough's enough. Like, you've got to kind of understand the toll that things do take on your body. Um, and I know, like, my parents were really, really worried when I was competing again. Um, like, everyone around me was very scared about what would happen with my health, and you just kind of go, it's not fair, and everyone else put me through this as well.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you getting so unwell gave you a different sort of perspective and made you realize like how important your health is
1: oh yeah absolutely and I think as well like like I know we talk about like the bodybuilding community and I, I do have a lot of good friends who supported me for that time but at the end of the day like it's your, it's your friends and family who are there for you like people who are in that community you get very close to certain people but at the end of the day like you've got to remember who the people are there that really support you and I think for me, I also realized like how much I'd kind of like I'd miss friends' birthdays, like I'd like gone to weddings and refused to join in for things, like I'd, I'd told my parents like I'm gone holidays and actually having an experience like that, you kind of go, God, like there's a lot more else to life than like sitting at home and eating chicken and rice and going to the gym. And I kind of felt like it wasn't fair on the people around me anymore to have me in that position where I was withdrawing and I wasn't getting involved and People have given me a lot through that time, but I kind of felt very selfish. So carrying on with it as well.
0: And I think like it's so common within bodybuilding for people to preach that you should sort of like surround yourself with like minded people and all of that side of things. But ultimately, I think what I found anyway is that a lot of the people in the bodybuilding community, they support each other because of obviously the similar interest of the sport and the fact that their lifestyles are very similar but then once you move away from bodybuilding it's like actually those people a lot of them probably aren't going to be there and like that's okay but it's important I think to actually nurture the friendships and relationships that you have outside of bodybuilding so that they are still there when you move away from the sport and so that you have got those really valuable connections that are real true connections and not dependent upon your participation in the sport
1: yeah definitely and like I still have a few very good friends who people I met through competing but it's funny they've actually also moved out like away from competing as well and like we'll meet now and we'll talk and I think once you've had some distance from the sport as well we've kind of identified there was maybe reasons why we were doing it so like like issues with like eating disorders or, or like drugs or like addiction where people maybe use competing as a mask for that as well which I think sometimes it can kind of draw people in and you're all very much on a similar level because you've kind of got these other issues that you're masking a little bit with bodybuilding
0: yeah a 100% I found the same and in- sometimes you don't realize that until you actually take a step back. Like you can't have that perspective on it until you're out of the situation. So it's really Mm. difficult sometimes to get through to people who are still in the sport because they won't always realize some of the reasons why they're participating in it until they take a step back and they're like, Oh, right. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it is addictive. I think that's kind of part and parcel of it. It does take over your life and, is that addiction of sort of get up every day, you've got a purpose, you've got like boxes to tick, you see that improvement. But sometimes you can step back and go, okay, I don't need to be feeling like that every day. Like I, I can just have a day where I just chill out. <laughs> I don't yeah. need to be ticking off these million things that I've done.
0: A hundred percent. And it definitely serves a purpose and to some extent, I don't think that is always a bad thing to to use it to help you to get through difficult periods of life. However, it's that awareness, and it's being able to actually take a step back and recognize yeah. why you're doing it and make sure that it doesn't become something that is permanent or something that causes more damage than it's worth,
1: yeah, for sure, and i I like I always say to people, I don't regret competing at all, like despite like health issues and the things had I've had yeah. from it, like I do think of a time it very much served me a purpose it helped with my confidence um yeah like I really enjoyed it and it's not something I ever regret having done but I also feel like there needs to be a time frame on it because it's not healthy to stay in that position long term
0: I agree like I don't look back and regret competing and I certainly like at least for the first few years I did really enjoy it and I had a much healthier relationship mm. with it but then it, it was past a certain point where it become more detrimental than it was beneficial. And I think that it's it's difficult for people because when you're in that position and you're so heavily invested in it, it's so difficult to take a step back and you do worry yeah. about what other people think. And I think it's important to, for people to know that like you will be fine when you take a step back from competing there are people that are still going to be there for you there is support out there mm. and you're not alone and it doesn't make you any more or less of a person whether you compete or not
1: yeah definitely but I think it's like yeah stepping away it's hard and I know it took me a while to kind of fully get my eyes I was like oh just do a photo shoot <laughs> like you kind of then feel like you have to build in these other goals and so I've got to the point where I'm like no you don't need to do a photo shoot like you don't need to do a a competition you can just like be
0: and you spoke a little bit about health sort of what negative health effects both physical and psychological did you personally
1: experience as a result of extreme dieting so for me I wouldn't say I had like any psychological health effects from it um I have always had quite a healthy relationship with food um I've always kind of like I grew up in a very healthy household like my parents have always been very my dad used to be a professional sports person my mum's very into healthy food so I feel like I always kind of went into it as a quite balanced mindset in that sense but um I have had quite a few (laughs) negative health impacts like physically so um immediately when I was competing I just didn't have a period for god probably four four or five years um since starting training until finishing competing probably it took me a year to then regain my period I think the first period I had after competing in November 2018 was in the December 2019 um and for me I was kind of aware of it but it wasn't I don't know I think coaching has developed a lot since then as well um and I'd never like bad mouth any person that I worked with as a coach but I think it just wasn't something that people were really as aware of then and it wasn't maybe something that was like, oh, we need to regain your period after your um after your diet. So for me, it just wasn't ever something that I was too concerned about. I thought it was quite good. I didn't get periods. Um, and actually, it was only when I took a step back from competing. I was, like, talking to friends. And I started a new job and moved down to London. And they were like, no, like, you do realise that's not OK. Um, so that was definitely something that I battled with for a few years. And actually regaining my period afterwards was a big, like, lengthy process for me yeah um and then also so this year actually i've just been diagnosed with Hashimoto's which again i think is probably linked to sort of years of severe dieting so i now take thyroid medication every day um again it's like an autoimmune disease my body actually attacks my own thyroid glands so my my own body isn't producing sufficient thyroid hormone yeah so yeah, it's a few things like nothing has ever been directly linked to competing, but everything is also sort of the strings of air.
0: I can definitely rate relate, especially from uh, the mental cycle function perspective. Literally, as soon as I went into a prep, I lost my period like every yeah. single time without fail. No matter what I did, like, no matter how quote unquote sensible I was about the process, I always lost my cycle as soon as I started a prep. And yeah. I think it's it's so good now that people have an increased awareness of the negative effects of that and why we should try and prevent it. Um, but I almost think in a way it's created sort of like a false expectation of the fact that competing can be healthy when in reality yeah. it's still, even if you try and minimize the negative health effects as much as you possibly can, it's still never going to be healthy because of the extreme that you're pushing your body to. Yeah. Yeah, and I think
1: it doesn't, I don't know. I have friends who also have never lost their cycle during computing. Yeah. But does it mean that being in that calorie deficit is healthy for them? Like I think just because the physical signs aren't there, it makes it then even harder to kind of understand that it's not great for you. I actually remember I went to um I went to the doctors once when I was like six weeks out from a show. Um and I I think I had Tom's lives or something, went to the doctors, just wanted some antibiotics and he was like okay so you, you do realize you've got anorexia and I was like oh no no no! like I'm just um, I'm just doing this I do bodybuilding <laughs> like, he was like no no but you're severely underweight and I was like yeah but this is on purpose like I'm doing this on purpose and I think for me that was like the first time I'd ever been in and somebody'd been like yeah but this isn't normal like you do realize this is not okay what you're doing.
0: Yeah and it's it that's it's a bit of a reality check for people because actually the process of bodybuilding, especially for women, it does pretty much replicate anorexia. Yeah. So that in itself means that it does attract a lot of people who do struggle with eating disorders and disordered eating Yeah. because it can always, it can almost be a bit of an excuse for them to behave in a certain way, in a disordered way.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%.
0: Um, it was just crazy. And on the thyroid function perspective as well, like I also know quite a few other people in the industry who've sort of come away from competing that also struggle with their thyroid function. I did in 2019. Um, yeah. And luckily, I didn't have Hashimoto's. I just had suppressed thyroid function and I did manage to recover it. But I know that that did is- you manage to do that naturally without medication? yeah in the end uh, I just I basically stripped back like for a long period of time I stripped back training I obviously came out of deficit um I was literally training like two or three times a week and I didn't feel like I could train any more than that like it was crazy I just felt yeah. absolutely battered um and my oestrogen was also low which will have contributed to that but then yeah. just sort of like spent a long time away from a deficit and, recovered everything and got myself back into a better place luckily but I yeah. know a lot of people that are in your situation that still have suppressed thyroid function as a result of well it's hard because you can't say like our oh, extreme dieting definitely causes. this yeah. but there's obviously links and thyroid function does become suppressed as a result of being in a calorie deficit like we all know that um yeah. so yeah I think again it's a bit of a reality check for people of like yeah, this might not happen, but there is a potential that this could happen as a result of you putting your body through this. And it's not something that a lot of competitors consider when they're
1: actually going through the process of competing. No, not all. And I think as well, for me, I always found like I rebounded quite badly from competing, even when I was very calculated for my rebound. And I think, obviously, thyroid function maybe has a play with that. Um, Was that maybe something that maybe kept me competing? Because... I, I didn't like the body that I had when I came out of a prep so I think it's also another thing that if you kind of have a little bit more awareness of things like that before you go into it it might make people think twice about it
0: yeah 100 percent. because I think a lot of people do see the sort of like um, the glamorous side and the social media growth and things like that and they're yeah. attracted to it for those reasons but actually If they considered what they're really putting their body through and the consequences that can occur as a result of that, they probably wouldn't get into it.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, or it'd be a lot more of a decision about whether or not it's worth it in the long term, for sure. Yeah. A
0: much more conscious decision. Um, and then we'd it would be a much better environment because the people that would Go into competing would be people that take ownership of the potential consequences that occur and are fully yeah. aware of what they're getting themselves into as as opposed to sort of like going in blind. And that's one of the yeah. things that I really hope people can take from this podcast and many other podcasts is that awareness and yeah, making definitely. sure that they actually know
1: what they're getting themselves into, which I think is is a lot more talked about now as well, which I do think is really positive um I think there is a lot more awareness but yeah for sure it's something that I I think if I had if I had all the the knowledge before I started competing is it something I'd have done I don't know like I'd have weighed it up a hell of a lot more than yeah kind of the time when we started competing or it wasn't as as widely known
0: I think I'd have been the same I'd when mm. I first started, I, I was much more health conscious than towards the end of my bodybuilding career. When that had sort yeah. of gone out the window, and all that I cared about was like the package I was bringing to the stage. Ultimately, but like when I just first started, if someone had told me like all of the potential risks that could come with it, I probably wouldn't have done it. I don't think.
1: Mm. Yeah, same. And it was something I was just never really aware of. Um, mm. I actually remember it was when we competed in the Lab Universe, and there was a a lady called Monica Brandt who was competing she'd like previously competed in the Olympia. Um, she was a lot older. We were all sort of in our 20s. I think she was early 40s. And I remember sitting backstage and she was telling us all about how she can't have children. And I and like me and my two friends I was competing with we were a bit like oh I'm like wow okay like I didn't know if this could be a side effect of competing, but I guess it can like if you have lots of periods for so many years it can be something that actually can come out of that and I think as well that was another thing that gave me a huge reality check um, when it came to competing and sort of the age that I decided to stop competing I went oh gosh like if I ever want to have kids I need to start getting my cycle back now
0: yeah and when it came to regaining your cycle after moving away from competing and restoring health what was it that you
1: did in order to do that? So I actually, um, one of my friends gave me, I don't know if you've heard of her, Stephanie Buttermore. Yeah. 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 And she does uh, the going all in on her YouTube. So I know for me, I'd tried, like, I brought myself up back to maintenance. I reduced my training intensity. I wasn't training as often. I was, I was like, I'm eating at maintenance now. And I've been doing that for about a year, but it hadn't come back. And then I was talking to my friend, she's actually a doctor. and She was like, no, 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 <laughs> watch this YouTube series. So I got obsessed with this YouTube series. But for me, it was like the logic. And I know there's a, a phrase that she uses about, like when you've dug a hole, everyone thinks they can just stop digging. Yeah. But she was like, no, you've got to fill the hole back in. And for me, that just meant that I had to regain weight. So I had to gain, gosh, I think I gained like 10 kilos. Um, and I'm getting quite a lot of body fat with it but that was the thing that actually triggered myself to come back because even though I'd been eating at maintenance I hadn't actually had enough excess body fat in order for my body to kind of kick back in and say okay like it's a safe environment in which we could grow a child um, which I uh, yeah it was I remember I was actually working at a gym whilst I was doing it and I was very, like, self-conscious about, gosh, like, you can't be the fat PT, you can't be the person who's being, like, seen to gain weight. But, um, yeah, I had a lot of really good friends who caused me for it. and um, It was, yeah, it was one of the best things I did from an appetite perspective as well, because before that point, I was just always starving. Like, I was <laughs> always so hungry. And when I did gain that excess body fat and when I did um, get my cycle back, that was also the point in time where my appetite just finally like came under control after years and years
0: yeah I think that's a really good point that people often don't consider is that like obviously one of the reasons we lose our cycle is not just because of body weight it's also because we're in a state of low energy availability so we have very limited energy available for bodily functions so then to restore menstrual cycle function we don't just have to meet our energy requirements. We have to exceed them. So we have yeah. that excess energy available to restart yeah. those bodily processes. And that's what people
1: don't realize. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I was eating at maintenance for a year. I thought I was doing the right thing. And it was only actually when I went into going like, okay, I'll do anything to get it back um, and gained the body weight that things did sort of trigger again.
0: Yeah. And just for reference, um you mentioned you gained sort of like about 10 kilos obviously we know that yes. one size fits all with that but was yeah. that like that was after competence that wasn't from your stage weight that was from like after yeah reception. so I
1: was I'd done I did do one photo shoot so I, I think I was probably about six kilos over my stage weight when I started doing that um but yeah I gained around 10 kilos um which I was very worried about doing but actually like the YouTube series I watch she's very good about kind of reassuring gain body fat but then actually once your body kind of reaches homeostasis it comes off quite easily um obviously when your metabolism's working properly again your hormones are up in place for me I don't think I actually actively dieted in order to lose that 10 kilos again it kind of just came off naturally over the next six to six to 12 months um which was something that I, I'd never experienced I was that person for you. To lose two kilos. I used to go out and do two hours of cardio a day and eat a thousand calories. So I think that was another sort of big learning curve for me that when your body functions properly, actually, fat loss becomes a hell of a lot easier as well.
0: Yeah. And was that even, did you even lose that like o- overshoot weight, so to speak, whilst you had impaired thyroid function? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. I know. Yeah. I think just from being active and kind of getting back into training again and I'd always eaten healthy um I stopped overeating sort of just came back to maintenance and yeah my body just kicked back in for me it was something that I think my hormones always made losing weight quite difficult and actually once my estrogen levels were restored my cortisol levels came back down um yeah my body just played ball so to speak
0: yeah i think that's a really really good message for people to hear about how like sometimes you will when you're recovering from extreme dieting whether that be due to just chronic dieting throughout your life or whether it be a competition prep or a photo shoot prep yeah times you will have to gain a little bit more body fat fat than you might expect in order to recover properly but it will likely subside again afterwards once hormone function and your
1: overall health is restored and you're in a better place both mentally and physically yeah definitely definitely and like I said as well I think my hunger and my appetite was something that like settled down when my body worked properly as well so I just didn't have that same impulse to eat but I always had had I think I don't know if you ever had it after competing but I just used to be starving I was like I was just that person who could eat and eat and eat yeah
0: and when you went all in so when you followed that approach did you track your
1: food or did you just no 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 so I was specifically told not to track because I think for me tracking would always I'd be like oh yeah but I'll, I won't go above 2600 because that's just really greedy <laughs> so no I still focus mostly on eating like good quality food single ingredients keeping make sure I had like pr- plenty of protein making sure I'm having enough fat um, but also it's very much about like listen to your body if you're hungry eat so yeah yeah I was very conscious not to track at that point point. and what did
0: your training look like at the time Amy
1: um I actually pulled my training back so I was probably training three times a week just full body like GBC um whereas I'd always previously done like a body part split yeah um just walking yoga nothing too intense was always what I was told to do
0: Yeah, I think, again, that's a really important point for people to realize, especially those who are still in the bodybuilding industry, because often they'll go into like an improvement season or recovery phase, but they'll have the mindset of like, I still need to push really hard. So I'm trying to gain muscle, tissue. whereas actually to fully recover, we do often have to pull back from training to intensity and um, we have to pull back on formal cardio and give our body a little bit of a break.
1: Definitely. Because otherwise, it's just fine. You're just like fighting yourself. You're not getting anywhere.
0: Yeah. Um, And ultimately, you have to restore health if you want to adapt in the best way possible to your training anyway. So, if you want to see as much progress as you can with muscle tissue development or fat loss, you need to restore hormone health.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I think it's just about getting everything in sync, isn't it? Really? And yeah, just making sure you're kind of in that spot where things are all working correctly.
0: And so what does your training and nutrition look like now?
1: So I'm probably the most relaxed I've ever been (laughs) with my training and nutrition. Um, I don't actually train to build muscle anymore. I kind of just train to maintain. So I generally train weights three to four times a week. I usually do two lower and then one to two upper sessions a week. But um, I play netball once a week. I go horse riding most weeks. I do yoga once or twice a week. Um, And I just walk, to be honest. Um, I think for me, I've kind of reached a point where building muscle, like it's nothing to do with I don't want to be aesthetically as big. It's just, I just think my body doesn't recover as well from it. Like I'm 32 now. (laughs) I go and do a really heavy hard leg session and it can ruin me for a few days. And I'm walking around and I'm going, why have I done this to myself? Um, (laughs) Why have I voluntarily push myself into the ground. So yeah, so I train, I still push, but I don't like maybe write myself off as much as I previously did. Um and then nutrition wise, I do actually track again. So I do use my fitness pal. But part of the reason why I do that is always as well to make sure I'm eating enough. Um and ever since like losing my period, regaining my period, I'm actually very, very conscious of my fat intake because I yeah. do find I naturally veer to like a lower, a lower fat, higher carb diet. So yeah, I do track, but kind of a lot of it is to make sure that I'm eating correct ratios of food rather than to be like oh gosh no you can't go over x amount of calories per day
0: yeah so you track in to sort of like maintain where you're at
1: yeah yeah so I, I look to around maintain at the moment
0: that's cool and out of interest because I know like For a lot of people in the bodybuilding industry, they've built businesses around competing and throughout their competitive journey. And sometimes that can make it really difficult for them to step back from competing because they're scared Mm -hmm. of what might happen to their business. What's happened to your business since moving away from competing? So I actually,
1: yeah, I think mine was a little bit strange because I very much started off working with competitors. But then when I moved away from um, online coaching and moved to the gym floor, I actually worked with a lot of people who maybe a little bit older, new to the gym, um, people who kind of just wanted to get into that healthy lifestyle that they'd never had. Um, so I was working in London, worked in areas where there's lots of lawyers, lots of bankers, people who would maybe hit their 40s and gone, right, okay, my career is perfect, my family life is perfect, but I've never really been healthy um so my niche kind of naturally changed at that point and like the people I was working with I didn't care whether or not I was competing <laughs> I didn't care if I'm like being a bodybuilder um so I think for me that was really really healthy and that I didn't feel that pressure um but then I know when I actually resumed my online coaching I was like oh maybe I should do a co- like a show again because that worked really well last time for getting clients but also it's not the it's not the type of clients I want. Like I actually had a new client start on with me um, about a month ago. It's a lady I've known for a very long time. And she was like, Oh, I think I might want to do a show. And I just said to her, well, I'm just sort of laying out there. That's not something I'm comfortable coaching you through at the moment, because that's not really what I, what I want to do. Um, So I think for me, kind of, I was quite lucky in that my niche changed at the same point that my maybe like my beliefs changed as well. Yeah. But I do appreciate it's big pressure for people. Uh, but I just think if you if you put out your message and beliefs and kind of the way that you portray yourself, you're always going to attract people who have similar mindset to you. Like I know with you, like your the niche that you work with now is very different to the niche that you maybe attracted a few years ago.
0: Yeah. 100%. But I
1: think people are always drawn to what you're passionate about.
0: Yeah, I agree. And how have you found, like, your work performance since moving away from competing? Have you found that that has improved at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <Gotcha. laughs>
1: yeah. you're like a different person, aren't you? Yeah. I think just having the energy to put into all areas of your life as well. Like, I know for me, relationships were terrible when I was competing. Like, I had no effort to put into relationships I couldn't be bothered to meet new people or hang out with my friends and now for me like that area of my life is so much better as well I just feel you don't realize how much of your energy competing drains until you move away from it and yeah you've time for hobbies you have time for friends you have time for work that you maybe didn't before
0: yeah, I think that's a really reassuring thing to point out for people who are worried about like the impacts that moving away from competing might have on their work or business. Because ultimately, right, it gives you more time, energy, and effort back, which you can then invest into your clients, your business, your education. And that is probably going to have a positive impact on your business, not a negative impact. So, thinking yeah. about it from that perspective, it could actually help rather than being a hindrance.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think also your life then a lot more clearly resembles a lot of your clients' lives.
0: Yeah.
1: Because most people that I I know most people that I work with are working full-time jobs. Like when I was competing, I used to spend all day in a gym. <laughs> like yeah. I used to be training for two hours a day. And these weren't people that maybe could empathize empathize with me because our lives are very different. Whereas when you move away from competing, you kind of got a better understanding of people you're working with and their Um, challenges
0: yeah I think it's there's a lot to be said for potential clients being able to empathize with you and for you sort of practicing what you preach and if you're preaching to your clients about how important their health is and all of these things like but you're pushing your body to the extreme and dieting to the point of losing your period then it's like actually maybe you'd be better off moving away from competing if your target audience is not bodybuilders
1: 100% Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, And so, what are you mentioned how your sort of like training looks like at the moment and how your nutrition looks like, and the fact that you're at maintenance? Do you plan to just continue with that, or do you have any sort of like goals into the future?
1: I don't know. I I keep setting goals and then being like, "Hmm." I think for me, and it's something that I always sort of preach to my clients is that my awareness of the sacrifice. And my awareness of kind of, I might want to be five kilos lighter, but am I in a position where I'm willing to make that level of sacrifice to get there? So, yeah, I think for me, kind of, I'm always very conscious of how does my life look? How will my life look if I'm pushing into a fat loss phase? And actually, is that how I would want my life to look? Or am I happier, maybe sitting a few kilos heavier than I'd ideally like to be? But no, I think for me now, I train mostly for like my mental health. I train obviously as well to, I maintain a physique for my business I do feel like it is important whilst you don't have to be stage lean or whilst you don't have to be photo shoot prep uh, yeah photo shoot lean I do feel like it's it's important to kind of live the lifestyle that I'm promoting um but for now I'm just training to be healthy training to keep my body happy
0: yeah I love that I think it's like you said you do have that increased awareness once you push your body to that extreme of what it actually takes Um, and the sacrifices that come with it and if you're happy you're performing well you're functioning well it's like why change anything
1: 100% yeah definitely
0: um and is there anything that you still struggle with now at this point sort of years after pushing yourself to the extreme
1: I think for me my only thing is I do still get I don't know if it's guilt around not training or I don't know if it's actually the mental health side of not training I do feel like if I don't train for a week like I've just been on holiday um with my friends to Thailand my friends don't train so I've just I think I trained once and the whole week we were away um I always feel a little bit I'm like do I feel guilty do I feel on edge because I've not been training and I've not had the outlet um but I think yeah for me I do always have that kind of I should be training I should be training in the back of my mind
0: yeah and I think that's often as a result of like obviously it was years that you competed and um yeah. it becomes such a training becomes such a huge part of your life, right? You know, it's almost every single day when you're competing. And so it's gonna feel weird then moving away from that when it's been yeah, such a large part of your life and like every single day revolves around your training. To then remove that yeah. is gonna feel like you've got a big sort of hole to fill yeah like Um, you're missing a limb (laughs) it's definitely something that I personally can relate to as well especially coming from a sporting background like sport has always been something in my life training of some kind has been in my life since I was about 12 so then obviously if that's removed I definitely feel a bit like a part of me is missing not so much that I'm getting better in terms of my relationship with it and feeling more at peace when training is removed but there's yeah. definitely still a part of me that's
1: like, okay, I don't feel quite right. Yeah, 100%, that's me. It's almost like, I, I always think, is it is it because I feel guilty or is it because I'm always on edge because like, at the end of the day, like training is a mental release for me as well. It's a time yeah. when I'm on my own, I have time to think. Um, and I often wonder, is it just a kind of that me time that I'm even missing sometimes?
0: Yeah, I can relate to that 100%. I think it's almost you don't want to feel dependent upon it being there like you should be able to be okay without it being there um but at the same time appreciate the benefits of being able to train
1: yeah
0: 100% but not feel like stressed or anxious when it's not there I think that's probably (laughs) (laughs) getting that
1: delicate balance
0: yeah exactly and it's it's easier said than done right and so if anyone's listening to this, Amy, who is struggling with their own health after pushing their bodies to yeah, the extreme, yeah. maybe they've done like photo shoot preps or contest preps in the past.
1: What would your yeah, advice yeah. be to those people? I think just seek out help. Um, always like speak to people around you. If you feel like you're struggling from a health perspective, I would say go to the GPs and actually push for support because I know that was something that I really struggled with for a long time I was going and saying something's not right and people like oh well are you trying to have a baby does it really matter if you don't have a period um things like that but I just think kind of yeah just have confidence in yourself and know what's right for you
0: yeah I love that and out of interest Amy just to backtrack a little bit you know when you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's how did
1: you know to sort of investigate that So it was actually, so I live out in Dubai at the moment um, and it was actually when I moved to Dubai. So as I mentioned previously, like I had had um, like menstrual issues quite a long time and I had always had like really painful periods, but Dubai is private healthcare. So when I'd gone to doctor in the UK, it was always brushed off like, oh, it's fine. Period pains, whatever, can I get over it? Whereas when I went out here, it was very much like, okay, that's not right. need to look into this so i was investigated for um pcos fibroids and um had scans only at that point where they were like right okay we should probably do some some blood tests and that was when it was identified um so yeah i was very lucky in the sense that it was picked up through other issues yeah but um i do wonder if i'd been in the uk it probably would never have come to a head
0: yeah, you have to really advocate for yourself over here. And I think for anyone listening, like don't be afraid to push for things. Or obviously if yeah. you can afford it, going down the private
1: route is always a great option, but it's just yeah.
0: expensive for people. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. But I know, yeah, I always felt like I was just being disregarded in the UK, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Oh, it's I, hard
1: do I know, I know. And I guess when there's nothing So I know like my my younger sister, she has got PCOS um, and she is in a lot of pain with it. So it kind of got to the point for her where it was like unmanageable. So you've no choice but to go back. But for me, I was kind of like, maybe I'm just being a little bit dramatic. You know, when you kind of then talk yourself down in your head um, until, yeah, you get someone who acknowledges it and takes it further.
0: And listens. Yeah. and what advice would you give to anyone who might be thinking of getting into competing in terms of what considerations should they, they make?
1: I think just making sure it's right for you. Um, I was actually very lucky. So when I started competing, it wasn't on Instagram. It wasn't like a Instagram thing. It wasn't as glamorous. Like I remember rocking up to my first show and it was in like some community hall and it was completely the opposite of glamorous um so that wasn't something that came into play for me but I think just think about why you want to do it think about who you're trying to like are you trying to validate yourself are you trying to get attention from it is it something that you actually want um deep down and then I think as well just having that the impact is going to have on other areas of your life Um, are your family and friends supportive and is it something that you've actually discussed, like the level of sacrifice, the stress on your body? Because I know for me, with my family, that was something that actually was really alarming to them. Um, and just kind of making sure people around you are one, supportive, but also prepared to kind of see your, your body change in that way.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love that advice. I agree. I think it's really important for people to like nothing against bodybuilding. If people decide to get into it for the right, right. reasons and they're doing it for themselves and they know what they're getting themselves into. But a lot of people don't, especially these days when it is so yeah. popular. So it's like, okay, just make yourself aware of what you're actually getting yourself into the negatives that can come with that and make sure that you're making an educated decision and you've got the right
1: guidance. Yeah. Going into it. Definitely and having a good coach as well like somebody who's very educated (laughs) rather than just very science about it all
0: yeah a hundred percent and so where can people find you on social media if they want
1: to reach out oh perfect i'm on um instagram so my instagram is amy wills coaching
0: cool for anyone listening who wants to find amy i will put her details in the description down below Please don't hesitate to reach out to either of us if you have any questions or if you have some feedback on today's podcast. We really appreciate you listening. So, thank you so much. And thank you so much, Amy, for joining me as well. It's been oh, Thank such you, a Danny. It's been great. Um, oh, it's been awesome. And I'll thank you. Bye bye.